We're Climb Marketing, and you're listening to the Crux Podcast. This is episode five of The Crux, the monthly podcast where we discuss digital marketing trends, strategies, and success stories. I'm David Olteen, and joining me today is Taylor Cauldron, our director of organic search here at Climb. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah. So we're recording this in the middle of March 2020, and the COVID-19 virus is really making its impact. So we wanted to start this episode off just by hoping everyone is staying safe and staying healthy. Uh, from a business standpoint, we know that a lot of companies are being forced into temporary closure or maybe even partial closure. Um, it might be reeling back a little bit on ad and media budgets. And, you know, we may be a bit biased um, as SEOs, but, you know, it seems like now it might be a good time to look inward at, at your business's SEO strategy and your business's website content. Because um, updating those things and, and you know, optimizing those, those mediums can really offer lasting long-term benefit as we look ahead to, you know, the economy and society rebounding, hopefully, you know, very soon. Um, but while we're on the topic of current events, you know, today's episode is going to be about some of Google's most recent algorithm updates and some of the search listing updates we've seen in the past few months, um, and just some of the broader trends we're, we're expecting to see as we look ahead to the rest of 2020. Um, so going back all the way to October of 2019, uh, there was a, a Google algorithm rollout called BERT, the Bidirectional Encoder Representations from Transformers. Uh, we actually got uh, a piece of fan mail that had asked us, who or what is BERT? Um, so Taylor, I'll kick it over to you. Who or what is BERT? Well, obviously, BERT is Ernie's roommate. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so BERT, BERT is, it's an algorithm update uh, that Google rolled out. Um, you know, what it does is it uses uh, a type of machine learning called natural language processing uh, in order to better understand, you know, the actual meaning behind search queries. Um, so Google's been doing a lot of research um, in natural language processing. BERT is basically, uh, you know, a technology that they've developed. It's similar to some stuff that's been developed by uh, OpenAI, which is, you know, Elon Musk's sort of AI business. Um, but basically what it does is it, it tries to understand, uh, you know, the relationship between words in a search query uh, in a more sort of human way. Uh, and the result of this... Uh, theoretically, and I think also kind of in reality, is that, uh, you know, you're going to get search results that better address what you actually were thinking about when you were typing in your search query. Um, you know, the, the results are less uh, than ever about matching sort of an exact phrase uh, and more about matching an intent. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's basically it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know BERT's more at the, the query level, but I think BERT, uh, this algorithm update, kind of reflects Google's broader shift over the years, uh, moving away toward this, you know, toward a broader under linguistic and semantic and contextual understanding of queries and of, you know, crawling website content in a whole. Um, you've seen this this real shift away from, from keyword stuffing of the past, like we used to see, um, especially for local service companies. I remember you'd read website content copy and you know for a roofing company in, in Michigan for example like every single mention of roofing would be roofing in Michigan um, we are experts at roofing in Michigan and you know we have done many roofing in Michigan jobs um, and I think you know we've we've just seen with BERT and with other algorithm updates that they've they've shifted away from this exact match nature of SEO uh, into more of this semantic relationship understanding and 
you know, you don't necessarily have to, to have so much exact match keyword stuffing to, to be able to rank for a term or to even be able to rank for related terms and synonymous terms. Um, so I think BIRD is, is kind of a reflection of that. Again, BIRD is more at, at the query level. It's, it's really concentrating on prepositions. Um, but but still, you know, Google Google is becoming more human-like with its interpretation of language uh, and with its understanding of language. And I, and I think BIRD is, really reflects that. Yeah, I, I will say though, um, you know, just to add in a, a note of caution before you go and remove all the keywords from your content, uh, you know, while BERT is, you know, another step moving away from Google just using sort of exact match phrases for these types of things, it doesn't mean that you can stop describing your products and services in a very literal way. Uh, you know, if what you sell is Steel, you need to talk about it as steel. Don't talk about it as, uh, you know, essential metallics or something like that. Uh, you know, this is definitely not an excuse to sort of like talk past uh, what you really mean, thinking that, oh, well, now Google will understand it, you know, just as well as a, as a human would, um, because Google might not, and also humans might not. So, you know, take this with a little bit of a grain of salt. Uh, you know, it's, it's, this is not a reason to go back to your content and strip it out of, you know, strip out all of your keywords or anything like that. You know, definitely uh, continue to use them, but just don't feel like you need to stuff them into content repeatedly over and over and over again. Yes, trivial, trivial internal speak will not help. Um, and I think, and I think, you know, exact match keywords are still very beneficial for your key fields like URLs and like metadata. Um, meta titles in particular and, and like h1 titles uh, and the like you know it's it's still really beneficial to have those terms it's just with copy itself you know we've we've seen this huge shift and thankfully this huge shift away from that robot speak where it was so many exact match keywords being stuffed into text content so hopefully we continue to see some more of that just because from a user perspective oh my gosh is it hard to read yeah and, um, and boy did keyword stuffing ever damage seo's reputation yeah. Um, I mean, I know like yeah. once upon a time, keyword stuffing worked. Like I, I think maybe it probably stopped working, I would guess around like 2007, if I had to like throw out a number. Um, but despite the fact that it's been over a decade since keyword stuffing was a legitimate strategy, for some reason, people still think that that's what SEO is. And I got to say, it is, it is annoying. So I'm glad that, yeah. you know, more than ever, uh, we're moving away from that. Yeah, it, it was painful. So... Putting that, putting that behind us in a, in a dark place. Um, so <laughs> beyond BERT, uh, which was in late October 2019, uh, jumping ahead about three months to, to January 2020, right off the bat in 2020, we get a broad core algorithm update from Google. Um, these are happening usually at about like a quarterly cadence, um, and they've been emphasizing with every one of these algorithm updates the same webmaster's blog that, that really emphasizes EAT, or expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. Taylor, can you tell us a little about EAT, what Google is looking for, and why they keep repeating, you know, the same link to, to the same blog? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, EAT, expertise, authority, or authorita authoritativeness, um, and trust. Uh, so what Google is, is really trying to get at here is they're trying to encourage people to, uh, A, be a little bit more transparent about where their content is coming from, who is writing it, reviewing it, approving it? Uh, what are their credentials? Um, you know, what can a user do if they spot an error on a website? You know, what's what's the process for submitting uh, you know information about that error and getting it you know uh, fixed? 
it's it's sort of this idea. Um, now, originally when this rolled out, it was very focused on what they called your money or your life type of content. So that has to do with you know medical information, financial information, uh, you know stuff like that, and also some e-commerce. Uh, over time, uh, I think we've seen the scope of this kind of broaden to include a lot more industries. Uh, you know, um, when these types of algorithm updates first started rolling out, we saw some impacts on clients of ours that did deal with medical or financial information. But over time, we've had some clients that are a little bit outside of that sphere. You know, they're, they're still dealing with really important subjects on their website, but it's not, you know, the traditional medical or finance stuff. Uh, they also started getting impacted by this. And so I think over time, we're going to continue to see that happen. I think that more and more websites are going to be getting judged by Google based on the trustworthiness of their content and the level of transparency that they're giving their audience about where that content's coming from and you know what are the credentials of the people behind it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and when you think about EAT, you know, you think about industries like finance and, and like some of the medical fields, you know, you understand why there's a, a particular emphasis on those those fields in general, just because, you know, having transparency about about medical content or financial content is huge and, and ensuring that, you know, it's accurate and, and verifiable and, and trustworthy is huge or you could inflict, you know, actual harm, you know, whether it be financial or medical harm on users if they're digesting, you know, inaccurate or, or, you know, poorly vetted content. So I really get the emphasis on that. But I think the, like some of those tactics and those principles, they're really universal. And, and you've seen, you know, in within Google's quality rater guidelines, which they use to help kind of validate that their their algorithm updates and that their algorithm as a whole is working effectively, you know, you've seen, the, you know, shades of this EAT um, recommendation for, for a long, long time. Um, so you know, moving forward, I think a lot of these tactics, like having organizational information on your website and transparency of your website's purpose and your organization's goals and purpose, you know, having author tags and information about who's authoring and editing and reviewing content on your website, having even like a content policy page in general. I, I think that's important, not just for the YMYL or the medical and financial companies but of the world, but also just in general, it's just good practice to have on your website. Um, and I think it makes it just that much more user-friendly and, and that much more safe kind of for the user to trust and, and, and believe and, and digest and all that good stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to say, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of these algorithm updates. Uh, you know, even though in, in the world of SEO and as someone who does SEO full-time, algorithm updates are, you know, pardon my French, normally kind of a pain in the ass for me. You know, they definitely, scary. They definitely complicate my life. But in this instance, I, I think it's, we all brace ourselves because we're, we're just scared anytime we see yeah. one of these roll out. They are unpredictable. Uh, but Google's been a little bit more predictable and they've even kind of given a heads up for some of these in, in the past year or two, which is, which is nice, but it's still... I know, you just kind of, you know, hold on for dear life when you hear one of these are going to roll out right. sometimes. But like this is this is one of the Google updates that's really, uh, you know, encouraging, almost forcing people to do kind of what they should have been doing this whole time. Uh, in You know, until Google comes along and kind of lays down the law, sometimes it's easy to kind of overlook stuff like, oh, do we have a clear and visible, you know, content policy on our website? You know, you might not have really been thinking about it until Google along, Google comes along and, you know, rolls out these algorithm updates. Um, so while it's a little bit scary, I think it's, you know, it's moving the Internet in the right direction. So, uh, you know, in that sense, I think it is a positive. Yeah, I think so, too. It just really feels like best practice. So, 
Yeah, so beyond the Broadcore algorithm update in January, one week later, we get this this big change. This is kind of the nature of search engine listings on Google, um, which came in the form of deduplicating featured snippets. So featured snippets are kind of like the rich text and multimedia combined snippets uh, or listings at the top of like an organic uh, search section within a within a Google search result. Um, and traditionally what had happened is you would, a website would get this featured snippet spot, which would be above all of your standard organic listings. And then they would get another spot within the standard organic listing. So they essentially be able to double up. Uh, Google came out and said that basically they're, they're not giving enough variety to their users. They want to minimize on, on giving, you know, a single website, two listings like that in the same search result. Uh, so they came out and basically removed, uh, the secondary listing. Uh, so a company that had the featured snippet now may only have the featured snippet and won't have that standard listing below. Um, so there's been a lot of studies about click-through rate of featured snippets, whether it, it, it's really valuable compared to like a first standard organic listing. Um, Taylor, in your eyes, you know, what is really the value now of a featured snippet without having that secondary listing below? Is it as valuable? You know, do you still covet these as an SEO? Uh, give us kind of your take on this, this update. I think the, the reality is that when it comes to featured snippets, the situation is just more complicated than ever. Uh, you know, when you look at more recent studies, like the one that was done by uh, Eric Enga at Proficient about, uh, you know, the, the click-through rate when there is or is not a featured snippet, uh, the, you know, the reality is that it depends so much on the context. So like, was the search query, did it include, uh, you know, a brand name in it? Is it a sort of informational query or is it more transaction query? Like, a, you know, a, maybe a query looking for like, you know, buy such and such, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, the, the click-through rate for a featured snippet uh, is going to vary so much depending on those things and also just depending on you know what industry you're in and what the actual content of that featured snippet is that it's almost impossible at this point to say uh, you know a sort of uh, broad statement about whether or not featured snippets are uh, worth going after anymore you know my my gut is is basically this if they're you know if you have software set up that allows you to see which queries um, have featured snippets appearing uh, for keywords that are in your keyword set, like you know, SEMrush does this, a bunch of other software does this, uh, and you see that your competitors have a featured snippet, you definitely want to take that from them. Uh, like almost 100% of the time, it is worth stealing a featured snippet from a competitor because you know either they're getting clicks from that featured snippet or no one's getting clicks on the SERP because the featured snippet is answering the query directly. Um, and in either one of those cases, your competitor is kind of winning because even if no one's clicking on stuff, uh, you know, they're at least getting the brand visibility for it. Yeah. So if your competitor has a featured snippet, you should definitely try to take it from them. That being said, if there's, if there's a SERP that right now doesn't have a featured snippet at all, is it worth trying to encourage Google to start including one by, you know, writing and formatting some content in a way, um, that you know sort of uh, works well with Google's algorithm that generates those, and that's a harder question. In those instances, I would say if it's if it's a search query that's really important to your business, and you know you're getting clicks from it right now, you probably really want to dig into Google Search Console data uh, for that query individually, and kind of make a decision, uh, you know, based on what you know your rank is and how much traffic you're getting, whether it's worth kind of rocking the boat and rolling the dice on getting a featured snippet created for that serve. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with all of that. But I think if, if there's one thing that is clear as a result of this update is that the value, the overall value of feature snippets has been diminished to an extent. Um, there's just no replacing having the featured snippet listing, which is great for brand recognition, like you said, um, and an additional organic listing below, especially, you know, sometimes you'd see folks that would monopolize like the featured snippet spot in the number one or the featured snippet in the number two. And in those instances, I have to imagine that their, their total share of, of click-through rate for that query was just through the roof. Um, and that's not really going to be the case anymore. Um, you know, there have been a lot of studies, Ahrefs did one in 2018 that suggest that, you know, CTR click-through or the click-through rate of featured snippets is is like about equivalent of, of a number three spot. So I think think to your point, you know, you really got to dive in and, and see whether it, it's going to provide as much value as having like a traditional number one listing would um, and whether that, that query is, is really being answered within the search listings anyway. And even if the click-through rate is, is poor on the whole for, for that query, I think is really important. Um, yeah, but I think I think with this type of update, you know, SEOs and marketers in general just they get really sensitive about this type of thing just because there's been this this push over the years to this zero click SERP where users are are getting their queries answered directly in Google. Google's not really providing any traffic to any of the website listings ranking for those queries. Um, so it's 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 touchy. It's it, it really is something that's touchy in general. Um, but I think having featured snippets and having, you know, whatever click-through rate, usually it is about a 10% clip for that featured snippet. It's it's a good problem to have in general. I know as an SEO, you know, there's a lot worse scenarios than having a bunch of featured snippets right. um, from a brand recognition standpoint, even from a click-through rate standpoint, you know, they're still able to generate traffic. They're still able to generate conversions, hopefully, even if they are even a little bit more informational in nature. Um, I just think featured snippets are, it's, it's, they're strange. They just don't behave like traditional organic listings. You know, a lot of times they're accommodated by images that don't even click through to the website listing. They'll click through to an image library. So they're just, they're touchy for SEOs. And I know a lot of, a lot of folks get a little bent out of shape when they see updates like this, uh, just because featured snippets have been kind of this symbol of this zero click SERP push. So it's just it's it's delicate we we get a little touchy when we see stuff like this yeah of course i mean it's uh there's nothing more insulting than you know spending a lot of hours putting together a great piece of content and google steals the punchline puts it on the serp and you know you don't actually get any traffic to your website because of it i mean that that definitely can feel a little bit insulting um so maybe it's not the greatest move on on google's part here but uh you know the reality is that you know, you, you have to ultimately make a decision about these things. And I think that decision has to happen on a query by query basis now. Right. And, and I think, again, from a user standpoint, you know, this makes sense. Having, having two listings pointing to the same thing, and a lot of times it would be the exact same language between the featured snippet and the meta description. Um, you know, it makes sense from a user standpoint not having identical listings. Um, just from a, that SEO and marketer standpoint, it's just, you know, do we even want these anymore? Um, I think that's a, a harder question to answer um, from the marketer perspective. So, but those are the main three. You know, we haven't really seen uh, as many major algorithm updates in February leading in this year. We imagine we'll probably see some more broad core algorithm updates. Again, we, we typically see those on like a three month basis or, or so. So I imagine there'll be a few more of those going ahead in this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they shared the same EAT blog again, because they've done that now for what seems like a year and a half. Um, so I, I'd probably expect more emphasis on EAT and, and that continued push. Um, 
but beyond that, you know, Taylor, do you have any thoughts to sum up kind of 2020 trends or, or major shifts or recommendations you'd see for the year ahead? I mean, so these three have definitely been the big ones. There was obviously another algorithm update that had to do with how Google weights certain types of backlinks, but I suspect that unless you're in a very unique situation or you've been, you know, kind of doing some funny business with your backlink profile. Uh, There's a lot know, of they, that, though. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of funny business out there. There's a lot of funny business <laughs> happening out there. But, uh, with fine links, yeah. Yeah, but assuming you're operating a, a pretty normal business, I don't think that one is very likely to impact you. I would say if, if I expected anything, we're going to see... Uh, a broadening of the scope of websites that are going to be affected by the EAT stuff. Um, yeah, and I think we we could expect a, a broader rollout of BERT probably too, because I know that was really limited in its initial launch. Right. Um, and it was, from a language standpoint, I think it only rolled out initially in English, so that'll probably just get a broader rollout for more multilingual approach and then just for more queries as well. But yeah. Um, I think that, that about sums up some of the recent algorithm updates. Uh, I hope you found them useful, and I hope they can help your, your 2020 strategy moving forward. Um, again, we just want to give a shout-out to everybody that is being affected by COVID or being forced into quarantine and get going stir-crazy like we are. We hope everyone's staying healthy, staying safe, and that your business is, is staying afloat. I know it's a really tough time. Um, but if you do have feedback about today's episode, you know, if you want to chime in about some of the other trends you expect to see or, or some of the recent algorithm updates that, that you found particularly impactful, uh, you can give us an email at thecrux at climbmarketing.com. Um, and there's always a chance that we're going to feature your question, comment, or topic like we did today with Bill, who, who asked us to talk a little bit about Bert. Um, and if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to this Crux podcast on your favorite platform um, or leave us a review and let us know what you think. Um, you can also follow Climb Marketing on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We always share our podcasts along with a lot of other blog articles. Taylor, I know you just published some new SEO tools that are free for use that we're pretty stoked about. Um, so yeah, give us a follow and check us out. Um, but that's it for today. Uh, we do have a very special outro song, uh, a fan contribution from one of Taylor's friends. Uh, we thought it'd be an injustice if we didn't feature it. Um, so I hope you enjoy or at least find it interesting, I guess. Um, uh, it, it's a little bit weird. So, you know, consider yourself warned. Yes. But, but thank you for listening to The Crux. Uh, until next time. Excuse me. What is this place? It's the top of Google search results. How did I get here, though? I got here with Climb Marketing. Alright, what's that? It, you know, helps you put stuff up on top of the Google right there. I don't think I was searching for you. Alright, well, you know, you can head on out. I'm sorry. Climb Marketing. Climb on board. Uh, buddy. I thought that was good. Pretty good? Yeah. <laughs>